Psalm 119, I'll be reading from verse 9 to verse 12, and we'll give attention to verse 12. Hear now the word of the Lord. How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. With my whole heart I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. I remind you that this is God's holy and inspired word. Uh, it, the word contains all that... Uh, I've forgotten, but let's pray. Oh, Lord, be with me. I'm weak and frail and sinful, but speak through me. And speak to this congregation, your illuminating power, with your illuminating power of the Word of God. May you bless us by the preaching of your Word. Make it a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Make it shine in the recesses of our hearts. And may we leave encouraged because of what we have seen and heard. And I ask that all in the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. I had an experience in college, which is the theme of this uh, topic. It was the summer of my junior year in college, and we went to the summer beach project. Maybe 100 uh, students were there, and we were learning how to study the Bible, and to evangelize, and, and to pray, and this was very influential on my life and my future ministry. There was a whole hierarchy of leaders from project leader to team leaders, but I was at the bottom of the totem pole. I was a mere disciple. At the end of the summer, uh, one of the team leaders approached me with an evaluation of how I performed throughout the summer. The team leader accused me of being unteachable. Unteachable. That immediately sent me into a tailspin. The accusation of not being teachable was just devastating. Because I knew very well the heart of this text. A growing Christian is a teachable one. And the author of Psalm 119 verse 12 indicates that with a considerable force. This section is a 
is concentrating upon the Word of God. The bait section. Verse 9 asks, how can a young man keep his way pure by guarding it according to your Word? Your Word is the object and objective. In verse 11, we saw the goal of God's Word. That we might not sin against you, God. With this word, verse 12, we find a principle that the believer needs to be taught and needs to be teachable. With this theme, we can consider the doctrine of the text. It is stated simply, a growing Christian is teachable. A growing Christian is teachable. And particularly, he prays to God to teach him. The word statute is also appropriately translated counsel or decrees. Where do you find God's decrees? Only in God's word. Or where do you find God's counsels? Only in God's word. Statutes is a synonym of everything we've spoken of in Psalm 119. Statutes are similar to laws or testimonies or precepts. As Deuteronomy 8.11 says, Take care lest you forget the Lord your God by not keeping His commandments and His rules and His statutes which I commanded you today. However, God's Word is a summary of all that we have spoken of. God's statutes are only found in God's words. God's laws are only found in God's Word. God's rules are only found in God's Word, etc. So when the author of Psalm 119 teaches, says, teach me your statutes... In essence, he says, teach me your statutes recorded in your word. In the exposition, first, I would like to confirm this principle that a growing Christian is teachable from one experience, two, from the New Testament, and three, from Psalm 119. Let's begin with... Number one, confirmation of this principle from experience. You know this from experience, don't you? An auto mechanic needs to be constantly learning or else become obsolete. Ask Leon. In this modern world, you daily need to be making adjustments to your trade in order to keep up with the auto mechanic industry, or else become obsolete. You know that an unteachable mechanic is not a growing mechanic. Or take the young school teacher who is fresh out of college and who is unteachable, who knows that her way is the best way and doesn't take the time to meet and talk with the older teachers She knows it all, and she is unteachable. Or, take a seminary student or a young minister who thinks he knows better than you and I. 
He has mastered the languages, biblical theology, and systematic theology, but doesn't take the time to be taught, or doesn't have the humility enough to yield himself to be taught by older Christians' experience, and refuses to yield to knowing the truth that leads to godliness. You know these things by experience, don't you? That you must be teachable if you desire to grow in your Christian walk. However, we also need to learn this from the New Testament. I don't think I need to confirm this principle with you this evening. After all, you are here tonight. We didn't make you come. And hence, you came to learn. But maybe, just maybe, you have lost sight of this principle. That a growing Christian is teachable. So we will remind you of this principle in the pages of the New Testament. The Holy Spirit is the very first gift that is given to you in your salvation. Without the Holy Spirit, you are still dead in your sins and trespasses. You cannot believe on the Lord Jesus Christ because you have not been given the Spirit which enables you to embrace Jesus Christ freely offered in the Gospel. In John 14, 26, Jesus said, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things, for He will bring remembrance to your remembrance all that I have said to you. This is not just for the apostles, but this is said for every disciple then and now. You must learn from the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit teaches us about the Lord Jesus Christ. You need to learn more about Christ. This con- continues in Luke 11:1 where one of the disciples of Jesus said, Lord, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. Prayer is the lifeblood of the soul. We pour out our souls to God and the cares and concerns of our hearts, but He has to assist us by His grace to even teach us to pray. 2 Timothy 2, verse 2 And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. The apostle has been taught. These men have been taught in order that they might go and teach others also. And finally, 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be useful, equipped for every good work. This passage says specifically that the Word of God is profitable for teaching. For teaching. You must come to God's Word in order to be taught but also to be reproved for your sins against God. Also, you must come to God's word for correction, 
for those false doctrines which you are so liable to be tempted. To be to believe for training in righteousness. And you cannot be equipped for every good work without it. Do you desire to do every good work? Be teachable. And you will be equipped. Equipped in righteousness for every good work. I think this, I think this establishes the point from the New Testament. The very fact that you are a Christian indicates that you have been, been taught by the Holy Spirit working in you concerning Christ. And the fact that you are a Christian means that you lean on the Lord to teach you how to pray. And that you have learned and are still learning. A a growing Christian is teachable. However, we have negative examples as well. The Pharisees and the scribes refused to be taught by Jesus. In John 9.34, they said to Jesus, You were born in utter sin, and would you teach us? Would you teach us? And in the Sanhedrin, in Acts 4 and 5, Peter and John were arrested and charged not to speak and teach at all in the name of Jesus. These are negative examples that reveal reveal the confirmation of this, that growing Christians are teachable. And these unteachable Jews don't wish to be taught by Jesus. And thus risk perishing in hell for all eternity. Fourthly, we make fourthly we make it to the exposition of the text. We have established this point from experience in the New Testament, but now we need to confirm this principle from Psalm one nineteen, verse twelve. I would say four things in confirmation of this. The first thing is a teachable Christian knows that the Lord is the ultimate source of happiness. The ultimate source of happiness. Do you remember uh, Psalm 119 verses 1 and 2? How I said that that blessed is also appropriately rendered happy. The author of Psalm 119, verse 12, begins with saying, Happy, but not in respect to us, but in respect to the Lord's happiness. The author begins with, Blessed are you, O Lord. The Lord is blessed in himself. He is happy in himself. And we can never add to that blessing or happiness by our good works, or our deeds of faith, however sanctified or not, we have never added anything to the Lord who is happy and blessed Himself forever. However, He is pleased to enter into fellowship with the elect that we might be happy in Him. Charles Bridges says, Truly then, He is blessed in Himself. And delights to communicate his blessedness to his people. Thus, we ask God to reveal himself to us 
that we should be taught by the Lord. And we say, blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. Teach me how to be happy in you. Because you, O God, are the source of true happiness. If you have a relationship with the Lord now, you know that the source of happiness is only found in God. Do you not? The source of happiness is only to be found in God. We know it now. But we know that we will know this more fully when we enjoy this blessedness for all eternity. When we enjoy Him forever. I also have another question. Where does God speak of Himself? You know, you know this answer. Only in the Word of God. So the second point is, a teachable Christian knows that one can only find true happiness in God's Word. In God's special revelation. This continues the theme of the previous three verses. How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. Verse 11, I have stored up your word in my heart. And in verse 12, teach me your statutes, which is only found in your holy word. God is the teacher of his word. This is an amazing thought, isn't it? That God is the primary teacher of His Word. Hebrews 4.12 is a familiar passage to you, but I want to remind you of this. The Word of God is living and active. God's Word is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. And God pierces to the division of soul and of spirit, of joint and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Who does that? Who discerns the thoughts and, and intentions of the heart? Only God. For who can see the heart but God alone? As First Samuel 16 teaches, For the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. Only God has access to the human heart. And verse 13, And no creature is hidden from His sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of Him, God, to whom we must give account. God is the teacher of His Word. God has access to the human heart. And God alone breathes on His Word to make it living and active. Thus saith the Lord, commonly is revealed in the prophetic literature, indicating that the prophets received His Word straight from His mouth. But true... God often reveals Himself by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit by which He carried along men to teach and preach. But ultimately, God is the teacher of His Word. Alan P. Ross says in his commentary, A teachable spirit 
begins with a proper regard for God. Hence, the praise for his teacher. God is the primary author of Scripture. Isn't that amazing? That when you approach the Lord's Word, you approach the Lord. When you come to the Word in a reverential manner, and by faith, you also come to the God of the Scriptures. That is simply staggering, isn't it? That you... When you approach His Word reverentially and by faith, you also come to the God of Scripture. A third thing that I want to confirm with you is that a teachable Christian knows that he needs to be taught from God's Word continually knows that he needs to be taught from God's Word continually. So he prays, teach me your statutes. But this is not just a one-time thing. It is a continual teaching. Hebrew grammar informs us of these things. To teach is an imperative verb of the peel stem. But the peel is also causative, which is captured in this wordier statement, calls me to be taught, or let me or allow me to be taught continually. That is to be taught the Word of God continually. As Bridges says again, hence we are not to be emboldened to ask, excuse me, Hence, we are to be emboldened to ask for continual teaching of His statutes. In this life, we never outgrow the need to be taught. In this life, we never arrive at complete perfection, perfect knowledge of God's Word. Therefore, we must daily, in our intercessory prayers, plead with the Lord to be taught. Like the mechanic, like the teacher, and like the seminary student, we never outgrow learning. However, we never outgrow the teaching of God's Word to our hearts. Hence, we need solid teaching every day of our lives. Finally, a teachable Christian knows that he must, <clears throat> knows that he must be taught to bless God continually. This desire to be continually taught stems from the Lord's happiness in Himself. And in fellowship with Him, He graciously offers to give us Himself, God's happiness, and that He teaches you His statutes from His Word continually. That completes the circle. So we must start again. We must be taught continually to praise the Lord and bless His name daily because one finds true happiness only in God's happiness as recorded in the Scriptures. Psalm 34.1 I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. 
Psalm 103, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. Bless the Lord, O you His angels, you mighty ones who do His word, obeying His voice, the voice of His word. Bless the Lord, all His hosts, His ministers who do His will. Bless the Lord, all His works, and all places of His dominion. Bless the Lord, O my soul. We must continually be taught how to bless and how to praise God in a way that is consistent with God's Word. We must be continually taught to bless God because without the Word of God, we have no access to His thoughts. And we will be tempted to make up a superstitious form of worship. So we must be taught from God's Word continually how to bless the Lord as He has prescribed. With this, we are led to consider our applications. And I have three of them to consider this evening. The first application is pray for your pastors. Pray for your pastors. Your pastors stand up in the pulpit every Lord's Day and proclaim the truth as it is found in Scripture. Pray for them. Pray that they may revere the Word of God. Pray that they may delight in the Word of God. Pray that they may gain insight into the Word of God. Pray that they may consider it a great privilege to proclaim the Word of God week after week. Pray that they may gain godliness from the truth as it is recorded in sacred Scripture. This is just a sample. But in a million different ways, you are responsible to pray for your pastors. Second, pray for yourselves. If you are not growing and you are not teachable, you only have yourself to blame. I may have told you this before, but it, it is striking, I, I think. But Philip Henry, who was the father of the commentator Matthew Henry, was expelled from his church because he was a nonconformist. After the English Civil Wars the restoration and the restoration of Charles II to the throne, in 1662, the king passed the Act of Uniformity. In this act, the Book of Common Prayer was required to ministers to conform to all the rites and ceremonies of the prayer book. However, Henry refused. And he was expelled from the church along with 2,000 other ministers. However, Philip was required to go to church, to an Anglican church. He and his family, as Henry instructed, they were, they were instructed to listen for the bread of life. To listen for the bread of life. Matthew Henry, his biographer, said that that went on for years and years. And the only time, so he, 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 um, he went to, to an Anglican church for years and years. 
But only one time did Philip say, I couldn't find any bread in that sermon. I couldn't find any sermon. Only one time. Only one time. No matter what your preacher says or doesn't say, if he preaches from the Bible, or if he only reads the Bible, you should be able to find bread in that sermon. You should be able to find it. You should be teachable. And therefore, you should be able to find bread in that sermon. The third application for us is to behold Jesus. In his earthly travail, he was the ultimate source of teachability. He was so teachable. I'll read you two expressions from uh, uh, the scriptures. In Luke 2.41-47, to 47, do you remember the story? Jesus' parents thought that he was in their caravan with the rest of the relatives. However, Jesus stayed in Jerusalem and his parents did not know. I will read starting in verse 46. After three days, they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. Jesus was learning. He was divine, and yet, in his human nature, he had to learn and grow in wisdom and stature stature and favor with God and man. They found him among the teachers, listening to them. The Greek word for listening is akunta, and it is defined as to hear with understanding or paying attention to. He was learning Not just hearing uh, in one ear and out the other. But he was actually learning. And hence, he was teachable. The ultimate example of teachableness. One more example of how Jesus learned is in Hebrews 5.8. Although he was a son, he learned obedience through what he suffered. Hence, he was teachable. If anyone could be excused from teachability, it would be Jesus. However, Jesus had to learn as much as anyone else who bore human flesh. He was divine. Yes, that is true. But he was also fully human. Therefore, Jesus was teachable. And if we want to resemble him, we must be teachable as well. Let us pray. Oh, Heavenly Father, we ask that you teach us. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. Teach me your statutes continually. Teach teach us, Lord, your blessed, O Lord. And teach us continually. Teach us as the author of these statutes. And teach us by the ultimate example of Christ who was 
the ultimate example of teachability. And we ask that you might make us into the image and likeness of your dear Son. And hence, He was teachable, so we should be teachable as well. We ask this in the name of Christ our Lord. Amen.